Okay, everybody, holding by Erev Rosh Hashanah. Uh, first of all, I wanted to wish everybody uh, a good Gebench Dior. Uh, your Tfilos should be powerful and meaningful and move you to, uh, to sincere and serious tshuva. Um, and Metzashem Meshav Izoha to a Gemar Chesim After we'll get to the Ksiva and Rosh Hashanah, we'll get to the Gemara and Yom Kippur, but Metzashem. Should be an inspiring time for everybody. I just wanted to, right again, probably, probably now you're either sick and tired of Rosh Hashanah Torah or you haven't, like me, you haven't started. <laughs> um, I would imagine many of us, uh, let's say, open up Hilchos Tshuva, the Rambam on Rosh Chodesh Elul, right? Read one halacha and then don't read anything until Erev Rosh Hashanah. Um, so be it as it may, I, I, I'm going to try and paint a little bit of a dramatic picture over here and then we'll talk about just how, what exactly we're trying to accomplish. Uh, through not really Rosh Hashanah, but really Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, right, and Sukkot through this whole transformation uh, that we're hopefully going to try, uh, and that hopefully we started in Chodesh El, but even if we didn't, right, it's no, never too late to start uh, right now. So imagine the following again this is dra- dra- drama- dramatized, 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 drama, a lot of drama <laughs> here. We're going to pump up uh, the drama a little bit, um, but uh, you'll see it's for good purpose. Right, so imagine you're standing. Uh, in a narrow corridor, right? You're standing on a line, a lot of people in front of you, right? Hours long, right? The line's moving very slow, okay? There's a velvet divider, right, running next to you, right? Again, they're splitting it into two lines, but on the other side, people are coming the other direction, but there's nobody really, really coming. So just people come like once every five, six minutes, right? You have no idea why you're there. You have no idea how you got there, right? You know people, you know people there, but for some reason, no one's talking and like, the vibe in the room is such that you have no interest in speaking. Right? There are people walking down every five, six minutes, as I mentioned, in the opposite direction. Their faces are just completely fallen and ashen and like staring at the floor like they've seen a ghost. Uh, and and it just you have no idea what's going on. When you, when you finally get the courage like to ask one of them what's happening, they don't even give you a passing glance. Right? And for some reason, like you're you know how like you're in the middle of a dream and you can't wake up. Right, you're, you're, it's like it's like very dramatic. Very, you're like terrified. Like your heart is pumping. You keep on moving, 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 and, and you start hearing some music and some banging and, and some you know some screaming, maybe some some uh, some noises and stuff like that. And finally, you you glimpse the end of the line, right? And there's a gray curtain, right, which parts once or, you know every five minutes or so, right? And one you know, one person goes in, and the person who comes out on the other side. A person who goes in looks very normal. A person who comes out looks like he's had the soul sucked out of him. Right? So, and you're getting closer to this uh, to this curtain, right? And and finally, it's it's you and right in front of the curtain, and the curtain parts, and you don't want to go in, but you get kind of shoved in, right? And and you step down into like a little pit, a little Daladamos, right? Small little pit, right? Little comes up to your knee. It's just you and a stender, right? A wooden lectern, right? Nothing on it. And, and, and you look around and you see on the right, right, shimmering angels. On the left, you see, you know, I guess, black demons. Behind you are ghosts of all of, all of your ancestors. And, and all of a sudden, you hear a noise like an explosion, either one of the bangs you heard before. And dropping right in front of Stender right, is an enormous, enormous tome, a huge book. And it's written, it has your name on it. Right? And it says... 5783, Tafshina and Gimel, and your name. And the book opens itself, right, and starts reading. First day of Rosh Hashanah, lay for chakras, right? Uh, after eight at the Kiddush, 
ate without a bracha. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's going on over here? Some Gedalia stole, stole from your friend Shlomo. Well, wait, I don't even know a guy named Shlomo. Like, what are you talking, what's, what's happening right now? Right, I don't know, that, that doesn't ring a bell. I didn't do that. That's, this has got to be somebody else. Right, and a voice comes down and it says, really? You didn't do any of this stuff? Because here's your signature. Right next to each action is your signature. And it's signed in blood. Shall we do a DNA test? Right, that actually that, that caused you to clam up, and, and, and you know the book continues getting read out loud, pages turning, but you, you want to say something, you almost want to like kind of like protest, but you sure enough you signed your name next to each action. Right, after what feels like forever, right, you just want to kind of crawl into the hole that you're in and never come out. Finally, when the book gets to the end, there's a chauffeur so loud that you almost pass out followed by a tiny, thin sound and another explosion, right? The slam of a judge's gravel, right? And the angels and demons on either side scream, Hinei Yomadin! And then everything goes black and you stumble mindlessly through right, the line that you once stood on. So, I didn't really make that up, as you might imagine, right? As you kind of got, as, uh, as you might have figured out. Uh, that is simply what it says in Unisana Tokev. Right, and that we re- say, obviously, on, on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur as well, uh, written by uh, of Amnon of Mainz. Uh, did it happen? Well, it's quoted in the Orzarua, Nilkos Rosh Hashanah. Uh, Orzarua lived in uh, the 12th century, and he said it happened about 100 years before that, so I guess, you know, we are definitely done. As we say it on Rosh Hashanah, we obviously, uh, you know, believe that that's what happened. Right? Again, a pretty well-known story, I assume. He was, he was, he was, Amnon, I think it's printed in the Archkoll Sitter, if you want to check it out. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dwell on that story. But Tachlis is that's what it says in the Sanatokif, right? That powerful, powerful image, right, of us having some sort of judgment, right? Again, everything is there. You could, I didn't really blow it out of the water much, right? That's basically what it says. So how do we survive such a judgment, right? How do, how do, how do we? We don't. I don't remember what I had for lunch. How am I supposed to remember right, what I did on Songidalia 352 days ago? Right? How do we beat the Itzahara, the Satan, right, the the, the Kategor, right, who's accusing us of all this stuff? So first of all, Gemara we just did in the Daf Yomi, right, Kedushin Daf Lamin First of all, the, the Gemara in, in, there in Kedushin says that we actually can't, we cannot beat the Itzahara on our own, right? Without quoting the whole Gemara, we need help. Gemara says that the Itzahara grows and grows, it goes at it, gets stronger and stronger, goes against us every single day, and without a Kosh Baruch Hu's help, we could not, we could not do it. Right, Coach Barco helps us out. Right? That being said, right, we still have to do our part. Again, scores tons of sources right, that uh, we have to make the first step towards the Coach Barco. He's going to help us. He's going to give us the Yishmaya, but we have to take the first step. For example, the Puzzle says, Vashav Tem Ad Hashem Alokacha. You should do tshuva until Hashem. What do you mean until Hashem? Right, so we have to start, and then Hashem will take us the rest of the way to Hashem. Many, many Mikoros that say that we have to take the first step. Um, I can't remember if I gave this uh, give this over in this forum yet, uh, but we'll say it again. And I apologize if I if I said it already. Uh, Rav Melech Biederman has a tremendous muscle, tremendous muscle about the two different types of people who come to Rosh Hashanah. He tells a story about a guy who needed a loan. The guy needed a loan from the rich guy in town, so right, to help his business, keep his business afloat. So he went to knock on the rich man's door. Knock, knock, knock. Said, "Come back in an hour." Okay. I waited, hung out in the gardens, right, in the orchards or whatever, knocked on the door an hour later, come back again, come back in an hour. Now the guy's nervous. Maybe he's blowing him off. 
So the guy walks around, right, rehashes his story, pretends, uh, pretends, practices what he's going to say, comes back, knocks, about to knock on the door, and the rich man is running out. And uh, the guy tags along and, you know, gives over the spiel, and the rich man looks at him and he hears what he has to say, and he says, no problem, I'll give you the money. Okay? Rich man goes to shul for Minchamariv. Guy in the back of shul pops out of the seat as soon as he sees him and goes, ah, I was just going to ask you for some money. Can I have a loan? So the rich man goes, no, you can't have a loan. I'm not giving you money. So the guy says, what do you mean? You just give that guy money. That guy needed money for his business. You just gave him $100,000. So the rich man said, yeah, he came to my house. He knocked on the door. I told him to come back. He waited on my property for an hour. Came back, knocked through the door. I guess again, I was busy. Waited another hour. I saw him out my window practicing, being nervous, kind of rehashing what he was going to say. Then he came up to me when I was leaving and he asked me and he, he, properly. But you, you didn't even come to my house. You're sitting in the back corner of the shul. You happened to see me. Oh, by the way, I need some money. So it says for Melech, that's how there are two types of people who come to Rosh Hashanah. Some of us, some of us prepare. Right? Prepare what they're going to say. Go to the king's house. Right, knock on the door, wait, rehash, get nervous, right, figure out. Some of us put in the effort. Many of us all kind of act like the guy in shul, in the back of shul. So I see, oh, the kid, oh, you know what, I just needed some money. And we kind of just show up on Rosh Hashanah and act like the guy who saw the rich man, right, in the back of shul. So we obviously have to put in some effort. Obviously, it's much better, not that Akash Baruch ignores the people who do the second thing, but obviously we have to put in, uh, you know, our effort. Right, and, uh, and really uh, kind of do as much as we can right, to, uh, to prepare for Rosh Hashanah. Now, how, how do we, and so, so what do we do, right? How, what, do we, what is the goal here, right? Obviously, we do a lot of things. We go to shul, we daven, we do tshuva, we try and we get stucco, we, we you know, try and do all these types of things. Um, what is the whole, the overarching goal? So if you look at the end of the Nisan Tokef, right, after we say that whole thing, right, we say a phrase, a fascinating phrase that really could be, we could spend the whole shir talking about. Uh, we say, Tshuva, Tfilat, Staka, Mavir, Nisrara, Hagzera. Right, Tshuva and Tfilat and Staka, they get rid of the evilness of the decree. Where does this come from? So it's, it's, as, as far as I know, it's based on two Gemaras. One is Yerushalmi and Tainas Daf Beis, right, another one is Rosh Hashanah and Daf Tezayin. Both of them have very similar phrases. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Tezayin actually has a little bit of different phraseology. It says, Amr Yitzchak, Redalidvar Mekrayin, Gzardinim Shal Adam. There are four things, four things that tear up a person's Gzardin. And these are them, Elohim, Tzedakah, okay, Tzedakah, crying out, which is Tefillah, Shinoi Hashem, changing a person's name, Vishinoi Misa, and changing your actions, which is obviously Tshuva. So the, the, the Marsha and others. Right, the Marsha asks, why do we leave out Shino Yashem? Right, we don't mention that, right? We don't mention changing our name. We say Chuvitz Tzvi Why wouldn't we mention maybe changing our name? I don't know. Maybe that's something we should do. At Rosh Hashanah, we should, I don't know, add a name, adopt a different name. Why isn't that a thing? So the Marsha, first of all, writes that it's, it's only Shaykh to Mazel, not to Chuva. Okay, I'm not sure I understand that 100%. I'm not, I'm not as a joke, I'm not so Svarty and not so into my Mazel and... and Whatever that type of stuff, uh, but either way, uh, the second answer that Marsha gives is unbelievable and, and very powerful, and really speaks to the heart of what we're talking about right here. And he says, when a person does tshuva, that person's identity changes as a result, and therefore that's the same thing as shinu Hashem, right? That's the sh- same thing. When you change your name, you're a different person. Right? That's why we very often Rachman Alslan, Lo Alenu Chas If a person's very sick, right, they'll often add the name Rafael. 
or something along that line. Because then you change a person's name, you change his identity, as so to speak. So that when a person does tshuva, that, that's that's what you do as well. But when a person does tshuva, their their identity changes. So that's the same thing as shina Hashem. That's the same thing as changing your name. And really, if you think about it, all th- the two other things, that's Fila and Sadaka, which we'll go through in a second, also have a, an aspect of changing that person's identity. So just to elaborate on this, just to explore it, just a, just a, a classic philosophical issue when it comes to tefillah, right? We, where, from where is the koach tefillah? How does tefillah work? Right? We, we, again, we, we've discussed this before, definitely on this podcast, definitely in seminary. Um, we, how does tefillah, definitely, maybe in, even in this sefer on, on Tavarim that just came out, I don't remember, but we, we obviously believe that tefillah works. Not that it works automatically, but it somehow tefillah gets us things. Right? Somehow. Right? Which is obviously very difficult. Right, for us to understand, because you know, there are many questions you have in tefillah, like, why do I say the same thing three times a day? Why do we have to tell God what I need? Obviously, He knows, right? Again, and Hashem, if Hashem wants you to have X and you dive him for Y, Hashem is not just going to change His mind by you bugging Him, right, all day, right? This is not like, uh, you know, asking a you know, kid asking a father for a candy bar, even though the father doesn't want to, and he'd be like, oh, okay, fine, right? It's not, it's not, why, why does that? You know, what is, why does that do anything to a Kosh Baruch Hu, right? For the father, a human father, okay, fine. You nudge him enough, he'll give in. But that's not, it can't be what we're doing. So the most classic answer that most unfortunately say is that tefillah is not to change Hashem, it's to, it's to change us. Right? When we daven, right, that changes us for the better. Right? When you become a better person, right, you be, the more schar you get. Right? And Hashem is gozer that the level you're on, let's say you're on level, I don't know, a scale of 1 to 156. So when you daven, right, and you come to a greater understanding of Akash Baruch Hu, and you think about Hashem's impact in this world, now you move up to level 56, let's say, point one. Okay, um, so but when you're a different person, the xeros on level 56 uh, person, who you were a second ago, are not shy anymore. Right? You're getting what Hashem thought you deserved, but you weren't on the level to receive it. Maybe Akash Baruch Hu decided that whatever it is you're davening for, again, in, in abstract, right, is only shy to a person on a higher level. Right? Again, Hashem is always trying to help us right, get closer right, and, and grow more. So it could be that whatever you're trying to figure out is only shy for a person on level X. Right? And so once you get to that level, so that's, uh, that's, uh, so then you're, just, you're, you're, you're due a new set of judgments. And uh, that's also a similar thing when you're growing levels. Right? The, the, again, tefillah helps you come to a greater understanding Right, of Akash Baruch and his impact on the world, that's also what happens, is what's going on when you're giving tzedakah. What are you doing when you're giving tzedakah? Not just being a nice person. Right? Giving tzedakah means that you realize that the money that you own is not yours. Right? That, that Parnassah comes from Hashem. Hashem's going to give you all that you need. Right? And the fact that you're giving Meiser or tzedakah or whatever does not detract from your bottom line. And as we've discussed many times, in fact, that the opposite is true, that it'll add to your bottom line. Okay, either way, but it's it's basically a lesson in improving your understanding of who you're really supposed to rely on, right? And when your person comes to a greater understanding, in all your ways, know him, when a person comes to that greater understanding, their level grows. And says the Marsha, that makes us into different people, right? So much so that you don't have to mention Shinoi Hashem, because it's obvious Right, that after doing these three things, tshuva, tefillah, and staka, you'll be a different person. So you didn't even need to talk about changing your name. So if that's the case, right, how do we survive such a terrible judgment, such a terrifying judgment? Right, remember, remember back to that person's name written on the book, right, on the shtender, that was flipping through pages? Well, that's not your name anymore. Right? That's not your history anymore. Right? That's not your judgment. Right? You're a different person. That's the overarching goal. Right? And this is what a coach Baruch Hu wants from us. 
Right? That's on Rosh Hashanah. It's not the last day of the last year. Right? It's the first day of the new year. Right? It's the new beginning. Right? Again, as Rabbi Shalom says, tshuva is not instantaneous. It's not jumping in a mikvah. Right? Tshuva is a long, really a lifelong, but it's a long process. Right? And, and, and we're supposed to start it now. And once we start moving and start changing, we become a different person. On Rosh Hashanah, Kodesh Baruch Hu says, show me something. Right? Show me that you're different or that you're trying to be different. And once you're trying to, honestly, once you're trying to be different, you're already different. So, but Rosh Hashanah is the first day of the year, not the last, because we're, even though, right, there are prior events in our history, right, once you change, those are no longer, that's no longer your history. Right? You're no, now a different person. Right? You're being judged on, on potential. What are you planning on doing? What are the intentions in your heart? Right? And once you've decided in your heart to change, right, so, the, so then you, know, you have to go, obviously you have to go ahead and do it, Right? No one's saying you can just decide to change and then just chuck it. But once you're starting to move forward and grow in certain levels, so then you're no longer that same person. Right? So, and that's, that's, that's the goal in Rosh Hashanah. And, that's, and really we, what our goal is in the next few days, we're on an air of Rosh Hashanah, uh, is uh, okay, maybe we can, if we have time, we can sit down and plan out right, what we can work on, etc. But at least to begin, not, not, you, know, you don't have to write a novel, you don't have to write uh, three hours, go through all the Hashan news, you still have time before, Rosh, for, before Yom Kippur to go through right, the Hashan news and the al Khait, etc. But before Rosh Hashanah, at least a couple things, right, try and figure out, at least in your mind, a few minutes, right, what are you going to change about yourself, how are you making yourself into a different person that will be Zoha to a different sack and a different judgment right, on this uh, Yom Noraim, uh, in this Yom Noraim uh, season. All right, everybody, wishing again, wishing you guys a Sivuk Simateva. Mr. Sham will be back uh, next week with Hazinu. Uh, and uh, everybody have a tremendous, tremendous Rosh Hashanah and a good, good year. And uh, we'll speak soon and be in touch.